This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting Made for This. StoryWorth helps you share stories and memories. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. StoryWorth. And save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash made for this. Every one of us has people in our lives whom we need and people who need us. Well, this is where it starts to get fun, guys. We're going to talk about the threads of people, the people that God has placed in your life that perhaps you need as you carry out the missions and the callings and the assignments of your life, or that need God, that need you, that need you to love them and help them feel their way to God, that you have been put in the lives of specific people that perhaps nobody else has, that you have been given the opportunity to love people by name and face-to-face in a way that other people may not have access to. I think about it all the time with this podcast and how many of you have sent it to friends and some of you have ended up here that don't know God because your friends sent you this podcast. And I just want to say, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you stick with me. And I hope that you feel safe here. I hope that you feel like you can be on this journey with us for a while and consider God and not feel any pressure, not feel like you're being judged or frustrated because you don't know as much as other people. We're all in process and learning. It's so fun to look back even to this book that I wrote 10 years ago and see how much I'm the exact same, but also how much I've grown in my faith. And, and that's just the way it is. So I, I'm glad that you're here. And probably some of you have used this podcast as a way to give God away to others. I hope you have. I hope you've sent messages about mental health to your neighbor that's struggling, even if they're not walking with Jesus. I hope this is just a giant pilgrimage where lots of people come from all different types of life and in different seasons and also different faiths. And and you come in and you feel safe to consider Jesus here. And I'm so glad you're here. And so this is one way that I love people. It is one way. Most of you, I don't know you. I don't have dinner with you very often ever. (laughs) I don't uh, get to know your kids' names. I I don't get to be a part of your birthday celebration. Like I don't get to be a part of all that. And so there is a real barrier to the amount of impact I'll ever have on your life. I think it's so kind when a lot of you come up and say, thank you for discipling me. That's my very, very, very favorite thing, by the way, you can say to me, because that's what I pray I'm doing. I hope you're, I'm never pointing anyone to myself. I hope you're actually feeling grown up and encouraged and spurred on in the faith. However, it is limited. It is limited because the five people that have changed my life the most are not famous. They're actually people you've never heard of, like Michelle Bost, who discipled me in college and taught me to love my Bible and to share Jesus with the people that I lived with. That was, that was she was holding my hand. She was face to face with me and calling out things that in places that I was arrogant and teaching me to be more humble and kind and to listen instead of speak all the time. And so I just look back at at the five people that have most impacted my life. Of course, one being my mother. My mother taught me to serve people as if they were the president of the United States. When you see them, to prioritize them. When they come into your home, to take care of them. My mom taught me the value of beauty and kindness and 
And she taught me too how to mother, right? Because she mothered me. And I, in so many ways, mother my kids the way that my mother mothered me. And so I could go on and on with those five people, but none of them you probably know. And it's the same for you. Probably the five people that have most changed your life are not people that you've, that are famous that I would know or have heard of. So we've got to realize that most ministry, the most life-changing ministry isn't happening on podcasts or stages or even in pulpits. Most of the life-changing ministry is happening in living rooms, around kitchen tables, on college dorm room carpets, in workplaces over lunch. That is where people's lives are actually changing. And I say that because so often I hear from you, my work doesn't matter. I wish I did something important like you do. I wish I did something for God like you do. Guys, it terrifies me that I am getting so much credit for the work I do for God, although I do feel called to it for this season. You all in the front lines that are actually day in and day out, nobody's cheering you on. You are loving your neighbors. You are loving your coworkers. You are hosting your Bible studies. You are loving your friends in the art community because that's your passion and that's where you find yourself. That is the front lines. You're doing it. This is where the people are that need God. And so you're on the front lines. Guys, all of us will know everything about God one day. It's why knowledge is not my primary goal for this podcast. I I believe we will know, there will come a time that we will know everything there is to know about God, that we will we will have a greater understanding and be with him forever. We have all of eternity to know more and more about God. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't know a lot about God. We should know as much as we can, but the priority of our lives should be helping other people know what we know about God. In fact, some of the best evangelists I've ever known were saved months before they went to their friends and started talking about God. Why? Because they actually had friends that didn't know God and because their lives had been changed. And that story, even though they hadn't been discipled very much yet, even though they hadn't walked with God very long and their knowledge of the Bible was very limited, their story compelled other people to follow God. And I tell you that because you don't need more knowledge to go be an evangelist. You just need a story. You need a story of God changing your life and Jesus interrupting your sin and saying, I I have you, I've saved you, I I want a relationship with you. You need that story and you can go and tell people about God. Now, we all know we live in a day that relationship trumps all. And some of you have relationships you've been in for five years and and you've known each other for so long and you've never brought up spiritual conversations. I'm gonna share with you a few practical steps you can take in those relationships in just a minute. And then some of you, you are going to go tear into your neighbor's house who you've never brought food to, you've never talked to on the street, you've never, and you're going to be like, I'm, I'm going to share Jesus with you. Here's, here's the gospel. And that's just not, you know, like just build relationships first, um, unless God prompts you on a plane or with a stranger to, to share the gospel, which he does often. Just start with a coffee, start with dinner, get to know each other. Let's not be weird. But you can transition the relationship and the conversation without being weird. My pastor this past weekend, he had a couple conversation starters that were just so simple and so helpful that I want to share with you. One of them was, hey, I know we've been friends for a long time, but faith is a huge part of my life. And I don't know if we've ever even talked about it. Do you have a faith? I don't even know. That's a great one. If you've been friends with somebody, been working with them beside them for a long, long time, just bring up, you know what? We've been friends for so long, but I've never even talked to you about my faith. And that's a huge part of my life. Do you have a faith? Easy question, easy transition. 
we've been neighbors a long time and I've never talked to you about this. Great way to get into conversation. What will happen, and I've done this, what will happen is they will feel so glad you asked and they'll start to tell you about it. And our friend that is uh, our dry cleaner, he and my husband have a great relationship and they talk about faith all the time. He's Muslim and it's just such a deep, precious relationship. He's so kind (laughs) to my husband and they care about each other because my husband had been to his country where he had been born and, and they just feel a deep connection. And so I think those are the kind of conversations that will surprise you. And, and I think just grace for where they are and, and not being afraid to share where you are and trusting the spirit to work in that. And then another great conversation starter, if you don't know the person, is how can I pray for you? And this we do all the time at restaurants. And you cannot believe, I mean, I, I truly, it is the most powerful question to ask waitstaff or anyone, anytime. People start crying to us all the time. All the time, they start crying to us. And we end up, I mean, recently I put my hands on the girl and just, we prayed for her right there with her there because she was going through something so horrible. And so I just think these simple questions that you can ask the people in your life, what we're gonna do this week is you're gonna lay out the people within the places that you frequent. You're gonna lay out their names and you're gonna begin to pray for them and you're going to look for opportunities to have conversations with them. And kind of like in Find Your People, we laid out the places of our life and who could we be in closer relationship with. In a similar way, this week you're gonna lay out who are the people in your life. And in the end, what you're gonna see is we have this huge two-page spread of your life, your people, your places, your passions, your gifts, your suffering. You're gonna see all of that in one place. And when you see all of that in one place, you're going to feel like, wow, this is my life. And this is what God's given me to work with. This is what I've got to steward. And part of that are the people we know. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it's immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play, but our merriment must be of that kind. And it is, in fact, the merriest kind, which exists between people who have from the outset taken each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. This quote comes from a book called The Weight of Glory that I mentioned and reference in Restless. And I just want you to feel the weight of that, the reality that every single person isn't temporary. Everything we build on earth is, but every person isn't. It's the only thing that lasts forever, the word of God and the people of God. Every person is going to last forever, whether that is in heaven or in hell. And so the weight of that is overwhelming. I remember when I was young in my 20s, just I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I mean, it, it consumed me that people were destined for hell or heaven. And, and it's part of why I'm in ministry, honestly, is I feel so compelled to call people to Jesus and to call them to hope and to heaven and to a life that is so radically different than the one that I was on for 20-something years in my life and disregarding God and, and living for myself. It's just such a better way to live. But ultimately, it's heaven that compels us. It's, it's that people will live forever. And I don't know what you believe about that. And, and I just want to say Orthodox Christianity for the last 2,000 years has believed that there is a heaven and a hell and that any human will live forever in one of those two places. And the way to heaven is to trust in the blood of Jesus Christ who died for our sins. It is the simplest 
view of all that. And I know that I've been in seminary classes and argued points of hell and all the different types of hell. And I remember just weeping that day and just going, I don't think it really matters. I just think if there's even a chance that every soul we know could could go there, that we do the best we can to show them God, that we recognize that God is powerful and able to save, and we act in accordance with that faith, that we know that the person you think would never follow God, the atheist that is sold out to atheism, that you continue to pray and believe that God is in the business of saving, that he rescues souls, but he allows us to be part of that story. I am one of those people that talks to my mom nearly every day. We've logged a lot of hours on the phone, but I feel like I'm constantly learning new things about my mom. It always surprises me because my mom grew up on a dairy farm in a really small town of like 14 people in Missouri. And so she is constantly telling me stories about what it was like growing up on a farm and and basically just running around free range all over this dairy farm growing up. And that got me wondering how many other stories are there that I don't even know. And that's why I got StoryWorth. StoryWorth is offering $10 off your first purchase at storyworth.com slash made for this. So every week, StoryWorth emails your mom or the mother figure in your life a thought-provoking question that you get to choose. So it's like, what matters most to you in life? Or who are your favorite artists, musicians, museums, songs? And it's really cool because you get to read your mom's answers to these questions, learn about stories and memories that maybe you've never heard of before. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all of those questions and stories, including photos, into this beautiful keepsake book that your whole family can share for generations. Man, I wish I had had StoryWorth, a book about all of my grandmother's memories and stories, for example, because what a treasure for my kids in years from now or my kids' kids to read about my mom's life and the legacy that she built in us from an early age. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash made for this. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash made for this to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash made for this. As we build this out, I know you're looking for some special thing that you're good at. But at the end of the day, we're set in temporary places to do eternal things. And what you're good at is supposed to just give you a path to share God with different people than me. What you specialize in as a major or what your job is or where you live, all of those things are just meant to be places where we can love people to God. Our friendships, our neighbors, our our clerks at the grocery store, those are all just people God's put in our path so that perhaps they may feel their way to him and you are who he chose. The rocks could cry out, the donkeys could speak, scripture says, but we are the ones that are the ambassadors of Christ, taking the love of Christ, what we saw him do on earth and doing it in the lives of people around us. I just think we overcomplicate our lives so much. We try to find our exact career and we try to find our exact spouse and our exact right life. And we work so hard to build it when the reality is we're missing all along the way that every place of waiting, every place of unknowns, every time we end up in a doctor's office or perhaps receiving chemo, 
that those are places that God's allowed us to be so that perhaps people may feel their way to him. People are it. And it grieves me a little because Find Your People, you know, just came out almost a year ago. And I've just heard from so many of you how hard people are for you, just how hard it is to love people, how hard it is to continue to get hurt by people. So I'm just especially aware of how tender this is and how much rejection many of you feel and have faced and bigger than having a community group that you love or a dinner club or some friends in college. This is about eternal glory, about people that are immortal that will go on forever. This is about heaven and hell. This is about taking our short lives and helping them count for eternity. That's the weight of glory that C.S. Lewis was talking about. And when I feel it for the people around me, it just changes what I need from them. It changes what they need to be for me. It helps me love them when they can't love me back. It helps me love them in the midst of their sin and their struggle and decisions that I wouldn't make. It helps me love them as they try to love other people that might be clumsy and might take away time that I could spend with them. It changes the way you view friendship. It changes the way you view the people in your life. And so it matters. I know this is a heavy one, y'all, because I know so many of you are praying for your parents' salvation. You're praying for your children's salvation. You're praying praying for somebody that you love that that yet has not trusted Christ. And I just want to say, I am praying with you today. I feel it with you today. And I have those people too that, are, that have popped in my mind the whole time I'm talking. I don't, I don't have an easy answer for that, except to know that God saves, that he is mighty to save, to not stop praying, to not stop sharing about your life and your faith with them. And I think this is, you know, I'm just to lift up even a little higher, which is kind of crazy to do or hard to do higher than this. But I think this is why I care so much about y'all being free because freedom is contagious. And if you're out there and God is working in your life and you're experiencing freedom in your emotional life and your relational life and your spiritual life, then that you're going to talk about that. You're going to share. It's like you, you, you will naturally become a great evangelist because you have a compelling life. I mean, I've watched this happen in college where, you know, Greta came up to me and was like, why are you so joyful? <laughs> why, why are you so free? And on the stairwell of our sorority house, she, she just stopped me and asked me that. And, and I think joy and freedom and, and hope are so foreign these days. Hard work, integrity, humility. These are things that, that when you see it, it's just so different. And God has the power to, to change our lives and to make us joyful and full of self-control and, and all the things that stand out in this culture. So that is my prayer is that first that, that you would be full and free and that hopefully as we've walked together over the last few years, like you feel more discipled, you feel more free. But ultimately that freedom too would be so contagious that other people want it. Other people want to know about your God. They want to hear about your story. Why are you so different? But even if they don't ask, because a lot won't, we tell them. We tell them what's really going on in our lives, the marriage stuff that is hard. And we then say, hey, we have hope because we have God. And people are like, what? God? How's God helping your marriage? And all of a sudden, you get to tell them. <laughs> That's what we do. We show the hard. We show the bad. We, we share what's really going on because we're not ashamed because therefore there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ and we show it. We don't just tell it. I'm so big. And I know y'all that follow me on Instagram know this. I'm so big about being as real as we can, right? We can't, we can't share everything on those platforms, but 
we certainly can be as real as we can. And one reason why is because I want you to be as real as you can in your real life with your real people. It's probably the greatest evangelism tool I could give you is just when you're standing next to somebody at a soccer game or at a party, those of you that are in college, like I want you just to be like, man, I'm going through a real bout with anxiety. <laughs> just say something, drop a bomb like that. When somebody asks you how you are next time, like say, you know what? I'm not doing great. Here's why. And then also share the hope. That's what David did in the Psalms, right? He would say, this is what's horrible and I can't imagine how it's going to work out, but God, but God is good. He is my rescuer. He is coming and I believe in him. Y'all, that is like a little bitty micro testimony. You don't need even your whole big story from your, you know, eighth birthday. You need just today. Like how is God rescuing you today? Share that with people. That will change their lives. They won't know what to make of it. You're sitting at a soccer game and your little fold-out chair and you say, yeah, I, I've been drinking too much. <laughs> you watch that. Watch how that goes down. But God, but God, and, and I'm convicted and this is what God's doing in my life with that. People won't even know what, they will literally drop whatever snack they're holding, right? But that's, that's how this is supposed to go, guys, because we have nothing to hide. We don't have shame. We're working through as best we can as we go our faith and figuring it out. And as we figure that out in front of people, people are drawn to that. They're like, I'm curious about that. I've been wrestling with the same thing. How have you seen God help you with that? That's how this is supposed to go. So your people, this should be a simple exercise, guys. Names should flood you of all the places you are and the people you know. You see Paul say this in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2.8, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. That's how we should be living. That we, people have become so dear to us that we're sharing the gospel with them. We're sharing meals with them. We are holding them up when, when they go through something difficult. We are in the mess with them. We are loving them to God. But some of us have to get over judging people so that we can actually love them. Some people you have distance because their lifestyle is so different from you. And I get it. You probably need accountability if you're going to really be in those people's lives. However, they need God. And you might be exactly the person that, that God has placed in their lives to know God. And I'm going to tell you, not many people have ever come to God with hate or judgment. I think it's rare. I think it is very, very rare. And how most often and how Jesus certainly did it, if we're his ambassadors, he met their needs. He gave them a meal. He healed their sight. He sat down with them and, and showed them acceptance in a world that was hateful of them if they were a tax collector or something that people hated. He, he loved them in front of people because that was acceptance is what they needed. He saw their greatest need physically on earth, emotionally, and he met it first. And then he would call them to more. And by the time he said, follow me or leave your sin or repent, turn away from it, they were ready to hear it because they had been blessed by him. And let us be people that love people to Jesus, that love people to God, that we are so compelling in our love for people that they want our God. Hey guys, Chloe here. If you haven't already, can you make sure and go to follow the show on Apple iTunes or subscribe anywhere you listen. And then also rate and review the show because that's how people find the show. You would not believe the messages that we get from people all over the world who are listening every single week alongside you. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made For This podcast. Podcast.